What's going on, everyone? My name is Carlos Serrano, and you are listening to the Blood, Sweat, and Tears podcast. This is a sports podcast where we dive deep into the life of an athlete, tackling topics on faith, the body, and the mind. In each episode, I will be having a new guest on the show where I will be interviewing them about their sports experiences along with their personal faith journey. I hope this can be a show that can fill you up with encouragement and insight through the discussions that we will be having here. Now, with that being said, let's get on with the show. Welcome, everyone, to this first episode of the Blood, Sweat, and Tears podcast. I am joined by one of my best friends, Austin Boyd, Mr. Austin Boyd right here. Um, you ready for this, dude? I'm ready, Mr. Carl Rose. <laughs> dude, uh, thank you so much for doing this. Um, I'm excited. Uh, you get to be my guinea pig for this, uh, this podcast and this journey, and I hope everyone else who's listening is excited for this journey. Um so Austin, just uh, just kind of to start start off, what tell us about yourself and your experience with sports? What 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 do people would like to know about your experience with sports? Uh yeah, so I uh, I grew up um, a little bit in the south and on the east coast, and especially in the south, sports like baseball are huge. Um, so when I started like three years old, picked up the bat played wiffle ball with my dad and it kind of just snowballed from there. I played um, primarily baseball for 13-ish years, something like that. Um, growing up, I was, you know, the all-star kid and um, went to the tournaments and all that good stuff, went pretty far one year. Um, so it was good times, man. Um, growing up playing that, I played that up through like midway through high school, I think. Um, but in high school, I kind of lost the love of the game. Hmm. Um, but then that was made up by love for other games. Like during high school, um, fell in love with basketball, um, volleyball, even played some rugby my senior year. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, just stuff like that. Um, so it was, it was a blast actually, but yeah, I actually had a lot of fun playing baseball, but I think as we'll get into probably is. Um, just lost love for the game and the people I was surrounded with just wasn't great during high school. So I decided to stop playing. Right. What was it that, um, if you could touch more about, um, baseball in particular, because, um, from what I know, you were pretty good at baseball. Yeah. I mean, I loved when I was younger, I loved the game, I think, because, um, it was something I was naturally good at. So as a kid, you're like, oh, I'm good at this. I'm yeah. going to keep doing it. You know? Yeah. <laughs> um, so there was that for sure. Um, but as I started getting into high school, I some things that I noticed that I still loved about the game were I loved going to actual pro games. And I loved the environment. I loved the oh, atmosphere. Yeah. It's, it's almost not even about the game. Is that it's just about... It's experience. It's just being there. And you're with your friends, your family, whoever... And then when something actually happens in the game, then you pay attention to the game. But it's more about just hanging out with people and and building community. I think that's why I liked it a lot. Um, But just the game itself, I don't know. I just kind of lost the love for it. That was affected by, I think, some of my coaches, by even some of my teammates. Um, And so I just slowly stopped practicing and all that kind of stuff and just was just like, yeah. And so I gave more time to sports. I started playing basketball way more. Um, and then I definitely just decided to focus on school a lot. But baseball is one of those games, man, that 
I think it's just because of America's pastime, the yeah. nostalgia there, and the community sense around it. Whereas sometimes other sports, it's like about the sport, like football, for example. You mm-hmm. don't go to the football game for the chill community. Yeah, you know? no, if anything, and, it's quite Exactly. <laughs> so for me, I that's what I loved about it. So going to Padres games out here in San Diego is awesome. I yeah. love it. Yeah, definitely, dude. Um, so how, how would you say that you, your experience with baseball is now? Like, how do you look at baseball now being more older at your age now? Right. Um, I haven't touched a baseball in years. <laughs> um, and so I think for me, baseball, it's kind of funny now, man. I think this is some of the mental stuff now. I think because of some of the bad experiences I had that I connected to the sport. Right it's something that I don't really pay attention to much now. Like mm-hmm. I won't go to a Padres game by myself or something, or I yeah. won't even pay attention much to baseball mm-hmm. on TV or stats or players or anything much, I think because of there's some mental connections that have been made in my head that right. I just don't really care that much about the sport anymore because I don't want to have to maybe deal with old stuff or I don't want to just go back, maybe feel like I'm retrograding type thing, but yeah. I want to move forward with new sports or, or whatever. So that's why, you know, like I said, basketball, I've been huge into football recently, especially fantasy football. Yeah. Um, and I think that's kind of, I see it subconsciously as like a, a way forward in sports, you know, a new adventure. No, yeah, definitely. And so those other sports you mentioned, like basketball and football, those are the mm-hmm. sports that you're into right now recently. Right. Uh, tell me about like how you, how you look at it as a fan or even just someone who likes to play dude it's just like i love how dynamic it is as you go you know and then i think what's better about those sports than baseball is the trash talk mm. i just <laughs> dude i yeah. love it as soon as a dude missed like when a guy whiffs on a on a swing in baseball it's like whatever that happens all the time yeah but when a dude misses a layup when he misses a free throw like all this stuff it's just like I just love, I love that so much. Yeah. Um, and then I think I just really like, as I've gotten older, I've liked the intense intensity of playing and watching both of those sports. Is yeah. that, um, I'm not a big fan of like going to pro football games, um, in person because sometimes it's just like, whoa, what's going yeah, on? Yeah, no. Um, but definitely with my boys, um, or people that I'm close to and watching, and then especially when like friends' teams are losing and your team's winning, <laughs> it's just. It's just better. I think baseball has the community sense, but then those other sports really hit on the competition sense. I yeah. think that's what I've been hitting as I've been been hitting my mid-20s and like hitting my prime is that yeah. it's more about competition. <laughs> I'm going to beat people, and I'm really oh, happy yeah. about that. <laughs> so that's sports. been the thing. Yeah, so won my first fantasy league last year, so I'm just like, all oh, this really? good stuff. Yeah, I was, um, was the champ. Was that the league that I was in? Or Maybe. Was that- I but know. I didn't do anything. That's totally. That's probably. I I won because it ended up being instead of a ten team league, it ended up being a five team league because half the teams didn't pay attention. I don't care. I still won. No, so I was I like, mean, take, I'll take, take it. it. Exactly. Most I mean, importantly, I won the money. So uh, that's, that's a good point. Yeah, I like the point that you uh, touched on with like baseball and striking out. Like I I heard that with baseball you have to like get used to losing. Right. And like just failing a lot. Yeah. Um, which is a tough mindset to have in sports mm-hmm. in general. Like you want to be great um, right. all the time. And the fact that a, a pro baseball player, you have to get used to like striking out a lot right. um, mm-hmm. and very little with that. But even just the, the competition aspect with basketball and football, like, yeah, I, I really 
I'm not a big trash talker myself, but mm. I, I respect a lot of people who trash talk, but then back it up. Oh, um, yeah, dude. It's so fun. Yeah, oh, definitely. So we're going to switch gears a little bit. Um, but we're going to, uh, I want to ask you more about um, just your, your, your personal walk with God, because this is, um, yes, we talk about sports in this podcast, but we're also um, touching the spiritual aspect as, so, as well. Um, so tell us um, about you and your personal journey with God and your relationship um, with him. How, how has that been like or what was that journey like for you? Yeah, um, I grew up in a Christian household. Um, and for anybody listening, people who not only grew up in a Christian household, but their parents were like leaders of the church. We, um, preacher's kid is what we uh, affectionately call each other. Um, so I had... For lack of better term, I had a lot of this stuff kind of shoved down my throat in a loving way, but mm-hmm. it just was always there because it was not only um, my parents' lives as well, that they were Christians, but it was also at least my dad's job. So I'm going to hear about it a lot. My mom is a doctor, so I would hear about that a lot too. But, you know, a lot of it, a, a lot of our family surrounded, was surrounded by God and a lot of things we did was surrounded by God or focused on God or in some way, shape or form related to church. Um, so that was, it was just kind of growing up and how, just how things were. I I didn't really experience anything much different. Um, except for me, um, what I've noticed about preacher's kids in my time is that they either choose to just go for it and totally be good Christian boys or whatever, or there's the kids that totally rebel. Mm-hmm. And so I decided I want to totally rebel. <laughs> so that's me um, in a nutshell. And throughout middle school, most of high school, um, pretty much all of high school, I just chose to rebel and just, I didn't get to experience quote unquote experience much of the world. So I decided to do that. Um, and so, yeah, it, it affected me a lot. And what actually affected me most um, was when I went out to, Haiti after my sophomore year uh, in high school was I just decided to do a humanitarian trip um, because I for some reason had this weird thing of I want to get out of America I want to get out of this bubble I've been in I want to right experience something different um, and so I probably didn't have the greatest heart going out there in terms of I want to actually serve but um, God works in great ways so I went out there and that bubble was definitely popped and I saw I have been taking advantage of not only what I have materially here in the States, but what I've been given spiritually. And so I just realized I have been given everything. I have a stable family. I have great parents. I have great siblings. I have people that truly care about me, even when I don't care about them. Um, And I just realized, and God included, that I can't continue to take advantage of that. Mm. That's not right. That's not who I want to be as a man, Christian or not. I don't want to take advantage of the people that love me. Um, and so I decided to really explore God. And even though I grew up in the church environment, I needed to personally understand God for myself, from the scriptures, from experience. Um, and so I decided to become a disciple of Jesus, um, a few weeks after that trip when I got Mm. back. And so I've had a long roller coaster ride as most Christians know. And so, um, and we all experience ourselves, but honestly, man, I, I think the biggest thing was like, man, I cannot continue to take advantage of what I've been given and just continually rebel. Mm-hmm. Um, when I've been given everything that I could ever want, um, that's just, it's just selfish, honestly. And seeing right. that where people wish they could have all of that yeah. and they don't, I'm like, that's not the kind of person I want to be anymore. 
Right. So that was the big thing. And then, of course, God and his character yeah. um, is what got me over that edge and seeing that he's an amazing God. Right. No, definitely. Um, how how much does that trip still resonate with you now? Um, just that single trip in itself, because I know yeah. you've gone a couple times back, um, but right. that first initial trip, like, um, I know, because for some people that can like last um, for the last in their lifetime and just, right. or they can just like, oh, that was a nice trip that catapulted everything else. Is that still right. like a big thing for you? Oh, no, it's a defining moment in my life for sure. Um, yeah, you mentioned I've been back three or four times since then, and I am planning to continue to go back as hopefully a doctor in a few years. Mm. Um, That's right. But that first trip, there, there's kind of snapshot memories that I have that will never leave my brain. I think when I first <laughs> got out of the airport, and <laughs> anybody happens to have gone to the Port-au-Prince airport, it... Uh, it's just a, an image that you're not going to be able to get out of your head. Um, just how many people were there, how many people were begging, how many, it was just intense. And so of course me being the little San Diego boy, I didn't, I didn't deal with much of that. Right. Um, and then, uh, then another one was, this was, this was a year after that big earthquake. I don't know if you remember yeah, yeah, that giant right. one in Port-au-Prince. Um, there was about 10 to 20% of the population completely displaced in tent cities. So I were driving on this bridge. I remember looking over, there's 1 million people in tent cities right there. Wow. It's just like, I've never seen that before. So you showed up like a couple weeks after. Oh, no, not, not a couple weeks. No. Um, I would say about, about a year after. Oh. So, um, which is still, it's like still, yeah, very fresh. They're still rebuilding things now. Yeah, it's been definitely. S- what is it? That was eight years ago. Yeah. The earthquake. So so crazy. It's unfortunate, man. A lot of it, but that's why I want to go back. <laughs> so definitely those snaps. I was like, wow. Um, it's just those memories that will be there, and then what mi- that mixed with the beauty of the country, and mm-hmm. most importantly, the beauty of the people, is that a lot of people have this conception of the poor that they're either incompetent or lazy mm-hmm. or even arrogant and that mm-hmm. they don't even want to like work hard or something. And just seeing the people there, how deeply they cared, how deep a sense of community they had, how hard they worked. Um, one uh, sister in Christ out there in a village I would continually visit would walk five miles to and from work. And I was just oh. like, Oh my gosh, you know, just, and they would work for 10, 12 hours a day. And I was just sitting here, why have I been given all of this? And I think those were the thoughts going through my head of that first trip and really got me starting to think about that as why I've been given this stuff and right. why am I taking advantage of it? Um, and that stuck with me ever since, you know, to this day, to this conversation, like I'm not going to take advantage of this stuff anymore. I'm going to, I'm going to give back. I'm going to dedicate my life to these people and all the people around the world who need help. Yeah, so, definitely. Dude, that's why I really appreciate you so much, honestly. Like, um, like Mike aside and, and people listening aside, like, I seriously um, just admire, like, your your love and care for, like, um, whether it's the poor or the less fortunate. And not just that, but you even kind of wrestling and thinking through those things. Like, why, why am I born here? And why do I have mm-hmm. these quote-unquote privileges right or or some would even say blessings but you could even say like well does that mean that they're not blessed right um because they don't have what we have Mm -hmm. um and i really appreciate that about you and so 
even so with your with you being um, a disciple of Jesus um, what has your because you're talking about like these different privileges and to be mm-hmm. honest um, as much as we love sports like it's a luxury it's a privilege, um, yeah. it's a privilege um, to even like watch or um, professional sports to mm-hmm. go to a game mm-hmm. um, to have the equipment um, but like with you being a disciple of Jesus now um, what has your lens has your lens changed when you like look at sports as a fan or even mm-hmm. just playing it like um, how has that changed for you now or has it changed um, even before you your journey um, with God Right. Yeah. Um, I would say definitely before I became a disciple of Jesus, um, it was all about me and that. How can I be better because I want to be recognized? Mm-hmm. How can I be better? Cause I just want to be better because I want to be better. <laughs> um, which I guess isn't necessarily a bad thing, but I no. think a lot of that yeah. selfish ambition came in of, I want to succeed because I want to be great because yeah. I want to be noticed. Um, and that was a big part of things, especially as I was on the all-star teams and those kind of stuff, right? Um, but afterwards, um, when I became a disciple, I loved sports, but like you're saying in a different way, I noticed how, like you said, it, it's, a, it's a blessing, it's a privilege, it's, a, it's a, just a thing that we get to enjoy being here in America and or at least in you know, first world type countries. Um, and so getting to use it now, just something I enjoy. I think sometimes we have a weird idea about it's good to enjoy things, you know, it's not bad to enjoy things. Um, but now I want to enjoy things, but then use those things to the glory of God. So for example is, um, especially a lot of guys our age love sports makes sense. Yes. Um, is that I can, because I love sports as well and I enjoy it. So I pay attention. I give some time to it. I am then able to connect with other guys my age like that. And then we start there. We grow a friendship, connection, whatever from there. And as we grow, that can almost always lead to eventually some kind of conversation surrounding God, church, spirituality, whatever it may be. And you actually can either convert guys because of that relationship that you have. Um, And guys choose to follow Christ because they saw that, oh, this is a follower of Christ and he still loves things like sports. Yeah, he's normal. Yeah, he's normal. (laughs) He's not the holy monk dude that just sits in his temple all day. Um, That'd be interesting. Exactly, right? No, but I kind of don't blame people sometimes for thinking that way about Christianity. Um, but I think that's, what's so cool about it. And then even, even when you're on the sport, playing a sport with, with your boys and you're playing basketball, like different guys in the church and just having, it's good to have a lighthearted side to the relationship, yeah. even where you're talking a little trash to each other. Of yeah. course, it's all in good faith. You love each other. Of course. Um, but just that, you know, I think it, it, it's just another facet of relationships where you can use to grow a relationship or start new ones. And I think when I'm doing that to further God's kingdom or, increase God's glory, I think that's an amazing thing. I think that's why God made it, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and, and as, as far as even that, the fun aspect and how sports is always just unifying mm-hmm. anyways, and when you put, like, when you put God in the picture and you put, like, how Jesus was unifying in himself, yeah. um, just how he just brought in um, the the tax collectors, the prostitutes, the, the lame, the mm-hmm. crippled, um, just very welcoming and I think it's important for for us to like implement that yeah. mindset as well um, even just like yesterday um, 
me and, and Gary Taylor, who is our our church, our region and our churches, um, he's, I guess you, you would call him our, our pastor. Um, he, you know, he took me out bowling um, yesterday and it was nice. kind of surprising because usually we, when we get together, we just like, we, we have deep talks and, you know, I open up about my week and all that. Um, but he took me bowling and to be honest, I'm not a great bowler. No, <laughs> Uh, but I like to play it when, right. when we're around people, and we were having some competitive uh, talk. Oh, yeah. um, it was it was funny. Uh, yeah. The first game I was horrible, mm-hmm. um, warmed up, but the second game I, I got a little bit going, and he beat 75. me. He beat <laughs> he beat me both times, yeah. um, but it was all in fun. Right. Um, and I think that helped that helped us even just kind of um, yeah. grow closer even more. Um, and then we were still able to like talk about like was able to talk about my my week and um just how a challenging of a week it's been for me right but just i think it is important to just find ways to kind of show people god through different avenues and yeah and it's the whole point of even this podcast that, that um, i'm trying to do here boy mr austin boyd and we're gonna be talking about now just about sports about what's going on in pro sports yes. um so the the recent thing that just ended uh was the ncaa tournament mm-hmm. um and you know we call it march madness and honestly i think that's it could definitely fit the description of this tournament except for the championship game. yeah no the that was definitely yeah. i was expecting more for sure, from the championship. Uh, but props to Michigan for, for getting there. True. For sure. But Maybe that's why it, they shouldn't even have been there. That No, definitely. But um, but Vill- Villanova, that's uh, that's why. Yeah, they killed it. They they destroyed the entire time. Yeah. Uh, Double-digit points winning each tournament, I believe. That's yeah, what it was. Pretty much like every game. So, yeah. Yeah, but there was definitely some Cinderella stories as well. A lot mm-hmm. of upsets. Um, what, for you, what was the highlight of kind of watching or being a fan of the the NCAA tournament this year? Uh, my favorite thing, <laughs> this is going to sound so sinister. <laughs> I just love when people's brackets get busted. <laughs> um, I made a bracket a couple years ago, and it was just got destroyed first round. So oh, I was like, course. I hate this. Um, but then when people's brackets get busted, but I think I did have some great friends who are big Michigan fans. Mm. Um, so I'm not a huge Michigan fan. I'm just kind of indifferent about them, but... Um, I really liked that they made it ma- mainly because a lot of my friends were like, yeah, yeah, so they're super pumped for the championship game. So I was really pumped for the championship game too, but yeah, I was definitely expecting. Yeah. I think like three quarters of it, Villanova just pulled away. Yeah. But it started off nice. It started off like true. Yeah, very competitive. For, first 10 minutes of the first half was like pretty close, but it was a really low scoring game. I remember, I think both yeah. teams were off and then Michigan couldn't, they just couldn't get on the right tracks and then. Villanova just, I think their threes just started going down every single shot, and yeah, one it was just, yeah, especially forgetting that that one kid's name, um, 
who was just hitting three oh, after yeah, three yeah, yeah. after three. Um, Oh, Dim, d- uh, he had a he had an Italian name like yeah. Dimancio or something. And I think is he a freshman because I think he's gonna come back for. Oh yeah, the team. no, I'm pretty sure he is. Let's see um, if I can find him here. Nope. Let's see. Let's see. I'm sure people are probably yelling like. I know, right? His name. Oh, Dante DiVincenzo. There, there he is. goes. There he, there he is. Got it. Yeah, he was Love just... that name. <laughs> it's a beautiful name, honestly. <laughs> Thanks, Mom and Dad. <laughs> yeah, he was just raining threes, like, just yeah. nonstop. And just when you when you felt like Michigan could possibly catch up, he just, daggered like, big-time <laughs> daggered it. Um, so, yeah, definitely NCAA tournament overall was, was pretty fun. Uh, yeah. Almost the most I've been into it this year, and last time I was really into it was when um when Kawhi Leonard was was there and this monster yeah and San Diego State had a chance yep but then the legend of Jimmer Fredette mm. you remember dude <laughs> yeah but, yep but now now you can kind of see who's doing what now yeah but even Kawhi has right now he he's out for the entire season. I think so. I was just talking about it with some coworkers today. Um, they that he had a sh- he has a shoulder thing right now. And yeah. What do you think they, about that with the it, whole situation with him and the Spurs? Apparently, the team doctors want him to play, or they yeah. cleared him to play. They but said then that his he's good independent. To... Mm-hmm. Second opinion said, "Nah, you probably should wait." Yeah. So I keep hearing that. I think what's happening a little bit, just because people want drama, is people are hyping it up a little bit more than it is. Um, cause Kawhi's a pretty chill dude. From He's everything. super chill. Yeah. I haven't seen him act out really in any way. Um, when have, I've seen him play. Have you heard of like the comments that his teammates have made though? I haven't heard those. Uh-huh. So they made some comments like Tony Parker. Like he, he said a comment like, um, my injury was like a hundred times worse. Oh, I did hear that one. I did hear that one. Yeah. So I don't know. It sounds like there, there is something. And then even Greg, the coach, Greg Popovich, he just said like, you know, when, when his crew is thinks he's ready, something along those lines, then mm-hmm. we'll be here waiting. So kind of like a little jab oh, at Oh, there's the distance, yeah. So it's just interesting. Um, but, hey. hey but, whatever, I mean, man. Kawhi can go to the Lakers. That's what I keep hearing. That, I keep hearing that, too. That would be interesting. That would definitely. True. I mean, he's not very Hollywood, though. He's not very, like, right. star. I mean, he's amazing, for sure. Oh, yeah. But. Top five. I don't know if charisma is his like big. I mean, but neither is ball. I mean, Lonzo is just. That's very true. (laughs) Let's be honest. So, (laughs) his dad, on the other hand, uh, (laughs) lovely man. We'll say that. There it is. We'll leave it at that. Um, But speaking of basketball, I wanted to touch. So each each episode, I want to highlight some inspirational athletes. Mm -hmm. Um, And this kind of this happened a couple months ago, or maybe like two months ago, Um, and I feel like it's kind of went it was big but then it kind of went under the rug for a little bit for some reason and not a lot of people are talking about it which he's playing now but uh kevin love who actually i think he's injured again um he went back and then now he's injured again but kevin love um if you guys don't know he uh opened up about um some mental health issues that he recently had um about panic attack and um him seeking therapy for that and it was he experienced it this season, and it was at a game when he was playing against the Atlanta Hawks, and there was some some things going on where he left 
um, the, the game early, and the team teammates kind of got um, were confronting him. Hey, what's going on? Why did you leave early? And when he they had a team meeting, and apparently he just told them like this is what's going on. Like I just had this panic attack um, and serious stuff. And mm-hmm. he wrote an article in the Players Tribune and just talking about that and yeah, even just him being vulnerable and open about something something very personal like that mm-hmm. um and he even mentioned like his own inspiration was another basketball player demar Derozan, who plays right. um for the toronto raptors he opened up um by just sharing a tweet that said like this depression is really getting to me mm-hmm. um and it was just a random tweet but he it later he later on talked about no like i i do struggle with depression mm-hmm. and I think for I think just me personally hearing this about these athletes um, who we can see as like like superheroes sometimes, right? Yeah. Honestly, like um, just the, the things that they can do, and we see that they have this. That's a lot of times they have like mental problems that um, we don't really um, look at sometimes, and right, you know. I, even something that I, I heard recently, and I hope this isn't true, but I heard that um, in the NBA, they don't, they have like professional doctors for physical problems, um, right. but they don't have um, people to help them out with their mental problems that they have. They don't have that really accessible for them. Um, right. But I want to get your thoughts about just mental health, not just in basketball, but in sports in general. Like, um, is this something that is, that, we're talking enough about uh, or even just being more aware about because i i wouldn't even just say it's sports in general just like in our society and world now it's right. becoming a big topic um but yeah what are your thoughts on that yeah um i would totally agree wouldn't surprise me if there was no mental pro- health pro- mental health professionals that are looking out for the players i mean i remember a few years ago the big thing was um there's no financial professionals to help out these young players who've grown up in the hood and never really had much money and then they're given 10 million dollars yeah. you know it's like how do i do how do i yeah handle this responsibly um so i remember that being a thing and i think this is the new phase we're in of, of awareness um is that even though these are amazing top of the line human bodies that we're watching <laughs> play like this you know we're, just, we're literally just watching yeah. ginormous for basketball these ginormous men yeah with giant hands and really good hand-eye coordination, <laughs> just jump 20,000 feet off the floor. and um, Yeah, just me it's as like... It's like watching Gladiators, No, honestly, much. like me as a little 5'11", 170 white dude, like I'm not going <laughs> to... I'm not ever going to be like that, you know? So I think what's really interesting to me is seeing that and then seeing that, man, these dudes are just people just like us they just happen to have been given an extraordinary body yeah um and so i think what happens a lot is we're so focused on what we see that oh these people are doing amazing things and this can apply to the world in general is that oh this person doesn't look sick or this person doesn't seem like they're doing that bad um but then when we truly talk to them or we hear what's going on in those people's heads um or take an extra second even just to ask someone truly how they're doing, we find out there's so much more going on. And I think we just saw it earlier from DeRozan is that he's just like, we are all dealing with stuff. Yeah. Um, 
And so, because we're all human at the end of the day. Um, so with that, I think even with me, like I mentioned earlier, is that um, I had stuff that I was dealing with with coaches that right. was just like, they, they just didn't mesh. And that happens a lot in sports. Different personalities don't mesh well or even just one-sided where coaches are not good coaches. No, yeah, that's... <laughs> um, and so that's that's happens a lot, actually. I think a lot of, especially kids, get turned off by that. Yeah. And then what ends up happening is that professional athletes that or collegiate athletes that get put in those situations are either take put too much pressure on themselves because they yeah. feel like I'm doing something wrong or um, the personalities don't mix and therefore a lot of stress comes out of that and yet you're still expected to perform at 100%. Um, which is a pretty difficult burden to bear. So I think a lot of athletes deal with this, and because a lot of them tend to be alpha males, mm-hmm. they don't yeah. express it that much, or they kind of just bury it because I got to do my job. Yeah, which, or even like yeah. we could be sometimes like, oh, like you can't see anything physically wrong with them. Right. Um. So it's like, oh, it's just in your head or anything. It's exactly. all in your head, yeah. which it is all in their head, and so probably we need the help with that as well exactly and i think that's what's so cool about this is um and kevin love says it here is where he's just like it helps so much just to literally speak about this to say the words to get it off my chest um and that even connects spiritually man of disciples oh, we're, yeah. we're called to to talk to one another help one another confess to one another encourage one another all this stuff where it's verbal communication yeah. about what we're dealing with good and bad and it's just so important. It's just how we are as humans. And then we're expecting these people to, hey, just shut up and play well and we'll pay you. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, of course, things are going to go wrong. And I'm surprised that things haven't gone wrong or wrong earlier. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, and also because, like, with social media, everything is definitely more aware now. Mm-hmm. And so you definitely see, like, even um, people with, like, CTE problems or, like, concussions mm-hmm. and, like, you're seeing a lot of people who have, you know, suffered for that. I mean, the biggest one, because we're in San Diego, is Junior Seah. Right. Like, um, horrible thing of, like, with what he did, of course. He committed um, suicide, by yeah, the way. Yep. Yeah, he, and um, with his, uh, um, this that whole situation, it was just very horrible situation mm-hmm. uh, all around. And it it all connected to that. Like, not, not justifying what... Um, what he did but there was definitely some some concussions that played into all of those yeah. things and you even hear about other people as well um who were around that time uh, of football and i mean i love the game of football i mean like right. it's it's something that is my sport is i before becoming a disciple i i lived breathed and die football yeah um but i do have concerns of like if i want my kid to to play football because right. of, because of things like that, which is hard because that's a great sport. It's a great sport. And it, it's taught me so much, yeah. um, as far as like discipline and teamwork and all that. Um, so it's just challenging. And so, yeah, I think we're just, I think it's good that we're being aware of that now. I think yeah. I wish it could be more aware. Kind of, like I said, like this story, like not a lot of people even knew about, um, what this, uh, what Kevin Love shared and, mm-hmm. um, who's, an all-star and even DeMar DeRozan, both all-stars. Um, but it's a real thing. And, you know, I, I just, we'll, we'll see where it goes and, you know, hopefully we can just talk about that more. Yeah. But, man, just sports, dude. 
<laughs> Sports is a beautiful thing, man. Good yeah. and bad of it. It's all. It's Beat. amazing. Yep. Just, just life in itself. episode and today's topic is perseverance um and so my boy austin um for you perseverance when you think of the word perseverance what automatically comes to your mind it's a very interesting word (laughs) yeah um the first thing that sticks out to me is um perseverance come always comes or is always a response to suffering you don't persevere when things are easy. Right. It's just not the nature of the word. <laughs> Persevering so, through this like great weather. Ex- exactly. Persevering San Diego's through. 70 and sunny throughout the winter. Way it's, to persevere. It's really hard sometimes to live out here. <laughs> um, so exactly. I, we understand it, right? But um, I think even just expressing it of, yeah, I have to suffer in order to persevere. Um, whatever, however I suffer, whatever is causing me to suffer, I still have to suffer in some way. That's not, not a great package deal. Right? right. In order to have perseverance, you need some suffering. Um, yeah. And so with sports, because this is also a sports podcast, um, what are your experiences with persevering personally? Like, Because sports is, with any sport you're doing, it mm-hmm. requires a lot of perseverance and, and not mm-hmm. necessarily the suffering that we were kind of, that we're going to talk about. But more of just like the physical and even what we were mm-hmm. talking about earlier, the a mental aspect of sports. Right. Like what, for you, what have been some persevering experiences for you in, in sports for you? Yeah, um, well, since I played baseball for a long time, um, it is super hard. Um, and you, whether it's just a game or not, you still feel like you're suffering, especially when you make a mistake, when you fail, when you, the biggest ones that I still even remember them is like when you don't make the game winning play or um, I remember when I was like I was like 12 years old um, seventh grade or something I was shortstop and it was uh, back in little league I think it was six or seven innings right and so bottom of the seventh where the home team were um, up by one guys on a second and third or something mm. and it's two outs and got this no it, pressure yeah it got i was playing shortstop i got this routine grounder like yes. should have been no big thing but i just felt the pressure <laughs> and i just launched the ball over the first baseman just way <laughs> over his head and both the guys score and we lose the game and i was just like <laughs> i came I, as this 12 year i'm like running i'm crying to my dad i'm just like it's just some stupid little little league game right but i'm like just bawling my eyes out. Um, and so even though it didn't affect really the um, the things that we'll say, tr- quote unquote, truly mattered in my life, right. this was a character building moment for me is that hmm. I not only lost a game, which I lost plenty of games <laughs> before that, but I, when it starting to feel like sports really mattered, I made a huge mistake and I cost the game for my teammates, for their parents, hmm. for everybody. 
and fans. myself, fans, right? All the fans yeah. watching me play, um, and just blew it. Um, and I think that hurt my pride. That hurts um, just my. I questioned my ability after that, you know. And I had it took me a little, a few days to to brush it off and go, okay, I can do this. Let me go back, same position. I'm gonna get that same grounder one of these days. It might even be the same situation. I've got to be ready. I've got to push through. I've got to persevere. So I think even though the sport itself, um, well, I don't want to say it doesn't matter because sports matter, but even though it's not the quote unquote real part of my life at that time is that it taught me and it gave me practice of how to suffer and how to persevere through that suffering. So I could use that in even more important moments in my life, whether it's relationships or school or getting a job or whatever it is no definitely and it's a perfect segue actually because you're, you're talking about how you know sports and persevering like you could take that and, and implement it in a lot of things in your life mm-hmm. and you know put with your own personal walk with god like you know what it's what are some things that you have had to persevere i mean i i know some of them uh, but for, for yeah. those who don't know what are um what are some of the things that you've had to persevere in your walk with God it's almost always I have to persevere through persevere through my own mistakes (laughs) almost always true um and that's an ongoing thing for all of us right is that I will do something or create a situation that was dumb wrong whatever and then I have to see the error of my ways and go okay I have now need to push through this. I need to deal with the consequences. I need to take responsibility and grow in that part of my character and go, okay, either something needs to change. I need to talk with these people. I need to rebuild things, whatever it might be. So a specific instance is um, actually my senior year of high school, which of course I've told you this story before, but yeah. my senior year in high school, I became a disciple my junior year in high school. And then um, that was still a rough year. Um, as most Christians first year are, because I had to change the the way I thought and did a a lot of things. Um, but my senior year, I decided to walk away from God, um, because I, um, met a girl at school. And so, and actually met a few different girls at school and decided I wanted to date them and, and just have immoral sexual relations with them. Um, and so that was just really big for me was that I made these stupid decisions and I, I put myself out there in ways that God didn't want me to because he wanted to protect me from all of what I was about to deal with. And I dealt with a lot of things. Either it was being rejected or um, having really unhealthy relationships or having a healthy relationship, but then it crumbling before you like that. You know, it's just all of these things that I put myself through. Mm -hmm. Um, I had to see, wow, um, I'm suffering here, even if it's by my own hand. (laughs) And I need to now persevere, not with my own hand. I need to persevere because I want to follow God and God wants me to persevere and he will give me the strength to persevere if I actually (laughs) choose to rely on him and not just do whatever I want to do. No, yeah. That was a big one for me. No, of course. And I think it's especially hard when it's something that we cause ourselves. And it's like, and I think like even like what, especially with sports, like Mm -hmm. when we, know we mess up it's in something and we know we cause like Mm -hmm. some goal to reach whether it's an individual accolade or it's a team accolade like it affects us and especially in life as you were saying like just a lot of things i know for me just even like this 
you know, this all of last year, um, there's a lot of learning and kind of mm-hmm. mistakes I've made. Um, yeah. and definitely not fun. I personally hate mis- making mistakes and, um, feeling like I, I screwed up in something. Yeah. Um, and so the, the, even the next question is like, what's, what could be difficult a lot is when you're persevering through suffering where you feel like you don't have control, mm. where it's like the situation's completely out of your hands. Um, yeah. Some would even say like, if we were to connect it back to sports, like we can say referees like caused the game. Um, that's, an easy, that's an easy go, go to. And right. in some cases, yes. In some cases, that's difficult. Um, right. And there's a bigger picture um, because it's very difficult for a referee to referee an entire thing, which actually now even thinking about it kind of connects to who God is. Like, right. he's like um, kind of almost refereeing um, the universe and yeah. um, yeah. making sure that um, we're all like going along his lines, his guidelines of life. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anyways, so the, yeah, the original question is like what, how do you deal with persevering through suffering that you feel like you don't have control over? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, a great example of this, um, having given an example of me causing suffering myself is, um, one where I feel like it was put on me in some way was when I was applying to medical school, my first round, um, I ended up not getting in anywhere. Um, and this had been my dream for about five or six years. Um, really since that first time I went to Haiti, um, and having that door shut in my face at that time really messed with me, um, because I had chosen to, um, I guess the word is identify myself in a lot of ways that I'm going to be a doctor. I'm going to be this. And I, in a lot of ways lost that, no, I'm a disciple of Jesus and that's who I am. And if I happen to be a doctor or I happen to be a baseball player, that's awesome. Right. Um, so that was a really hard time. So how I dealt with that was first off the typical Christian things that are just so important though, is that I prayed my heart out. Um, when I was feeling emotional about it, when I was feeling rejected, when I was feeling angry at God, when I was feeling angry at the people who rejected me or whatever, (laughs) um, when I was feeling like, Oh, I'm not living up to who, to my potential or all these different thoughts, the thousands of different thoughts that can go through my head that I really had in a lot of ways with baseball as well. Um, and then also on top of that is I had to read scripture, um, especially the scriptures talking about God's promises to me or God's people, right? And how much he cares for them. And that doesn't mean that, oh, Austin, I'm going to get you in medical school. But <laughs> most importantly is like, I, is I God, love you, want, to, want you to be with me now and for eternity. Right. So I really had to learn how to ground myself in God's promises and that it's not about really how much I do here on this earth or how great I make myself out to be, um, or all the things that I accomplish, even if it's good stuff yeah. you know, out here, it does that matters, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It shouldn't define me as a man. Um, what should define me is God's love and that I've chosen to accept that love, um, and are and willing to obey, um, every part of the covenant, the agreement that we've entered into together, just like a marriage or a friendship or family or whatever, you know? And so I think that was really important for me is having to realize what I had put my faith in. And a lot of it wasn't God. 
yeah. um, even as a disciple of Christ <clears throat> for years at that point. Yeah, no. <laughs> and yeah. I had to see, whoa, this really has a big hold over my heart. And I think that's exactly why God did that. And then just for the audience is that I've gotten into medical school this round and I'm planning on go. going in a couple months. Yeah. So God's just, <laughs> he works in those mysterious ways, man. Yeah. That scripture's so true. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I, I definitely hear you on that. And again, dude, like I just respect you so much in persevering through that. And even um, even just recently, um, just kind of things I'm, I've been going through personally, you've helped me out a lot in just mm-hmm. seeing that God's plan is just way bigger than yeah. what we can even see right now. And even if it's like, that we think we want to go one direction and that might be true, but like, yeah, God's just like, no, I got taking you somewhere else. Um, yeah. which is hard. It, it's definitely not easy to, to persevere through things that you might not know where the outcome is. And, yeah. you know, for you, like, God allowed you to go to the medical school. Right. And, and for some people, that's not the case. Right. Um, for that's some, true. For, for, for whatever reason, um, even just thinking about just Job, how he had to persevere through <laughs> so Way much. Way worse stuff than me. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Way worse than a lot of stuff. And he even, God says that he doesn't deserve what he's experiencing. Right. Um, and I just love that perfect picture of God explaining to Job, like, you can you like try to control the universe do, do you right. make the sun go up um and go down and all these different things right like, and yeah in a way of putting job in its place but i think also trying to help job to understand like my job as as your father and god is just way more complex than you could ever imagine right um just know that i still love you yeah like that's just trust trust yeah. me and all that and we had i mean thank god for the bible that we have a lot of great yeah. examples yeah joe being one of them yeah. i mean i think sometimes with joe i'm glad you bring it up is um i think what's so important about that book and the far majority of that book is that it's like 35 plus chapters of Job having to wrestle in his head with his friends yeah about what's happening to him and that's I think God comes in and God's like, God is God. And he makes sure everybody knows that of like, Oh, you think you can challenge me? Okay. Um, and that's, that's the truth is that we do that a lot, but God doesn't punish them or whatever. He he just, Oh, you think you can, we'll get ready. I'm going to show you that I'm God. Um, and I think that's just what's so cool about God is he lets us wrestle and he lets us fight through things. And I think, um, even just having talked about mental health is that, um, a lot of times, um, disciple or not, people who struggle with mental health, as we all do it some way, shape, or form in our lives, is that those are the times where we can really wrestle with yeah. life, with the world, and with God. And that's what's so cool about God is that's what He wants. Yeah, you know, He wants us to figure things out because that helps us build that conviction that God is worth it. Yeah, you know, and. Um, Although all these other things like sports and, and even relationships on this earth and all this stuff is, is great. But God's like, no, I need you to know that I can give you everything that you need. Uh, yeah. You just have to go to me. So I just think that's so cool about that. About yeah. God. Yeah. That is just so true. And even just that the relationship aspect of mm-hmm. God where he's just, he didn't have to t- talk to Job. Right. Really. He could have just like, either been fed up with him and just right. like all right you're questioning me like you're 
Right. You're smited or you're smitten. How do you smitten? Smoked. Smoked. Is that is that? How I you have no. <laughs> smoked just sounds better. Let's do that. Let's just say smoked. Then. Smoked. <laughs> God smoked. <laughs> but yeah, like just how, how God just like takes the time to like, like as a father, just explaining. Just you just gotta persevere, like, and yeah. you did persevere and. And God blessed him. He blessed him. And yeah. he doesn't really say why, though. He doesn't right. say... He doesn't give a reason. Like, it's not like... It's not like Job earned it because he wasn't, like, in the... Wasn't in the wrong in the first place. So mm-hmm. it's, like... It's very complicated how that ends as well. Yeah. It's a great book, man. Yeah, it really is. I'm, I'm actually studying it out right now. And so that's why oh, it's kind nice. of fresh. It's fresh in my mind, um, which is amazing. Yeah, and since we're on the topic of scripture, might as well read this one. Um, so I mentioned earlier that we that I would go to scripture a lot about God's promises, um, and this is the one that really stuck out to me in Hebrews ten, um, and this is the Hebrew author talking to um, talking to the Christians about all of the sufferings they're dealing with and how they should respond. So this is Hebrews Hebrews ten thirty two through thirty nine. Um, It says, remember those earlier days after you had received the light when you endured a great conflict full of suffering. Sometimes you were publicly exposed to insult and persecution. At other times you stood side by side with those who were so treated. Mm. You suffered along with those in prison and joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property because you knew that you yourselves had better and lasting possessions. So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. For in just a little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. And But my righteous one will live by faith, and I take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back. But we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, mm. but to those who have faith and are saved. So I just love that, man, because it's it literally says exactly how I want to view all this stuff. Is yeah. that I am not anywhere near where the first century Christians are going through in terms of persecution and suffering. Um, but he very explicitly says in verse 34 that they remember that they have better and lasting possessions. And he is talking about their heavenly possessions that God is preparing for them. And also the idea that um, in verse 36, when he says you will receive what he has promised. And in just a little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. Mm. I think that idea of like God will come. And right. all of these things are going to happen. Whether I'm dead or not, God's going to come and fulfill what he's promised. And I think grounding myself in that versus, I didn't get into medical school. I'm not going to be a doctor. People are going to respect me and all this stuff, right? Yeah. So doing all that, I go, man, like, God's coming and he's all that matters anyways. You know, when he comes, yeah. who cares if I was a doctor or not, yeah. man? Like, all this other stuff won't really matter. Exactly. So, and all that matters is do we do the will of God or not? So I just yeah. think like... No matter what I do, when I do the will of God, whether it's sports, doctor, school, whatever, yeah, um, doing it for God and for the glory of God is is everything. Amen, dude. Dude, this has been fun. Um, thank you so much for for just doing this with me, and yeah, uh, thank you guys who are are listening as well for uh, this episode of the Blood, Sweat, and Tears podcast. Uh, thank you so much for even joining along for this ride and this journey and i hope you guys find this very encouraging and very helpful for you guys as well Mm -hmm. um so with that being said uh we're we're gonna be signing off and thank you guys for listening to this episode of the sports spectrum thanks everyone of the blood sweat and tears podcast